Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Trust and obey, for the snow has a way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Oh, trust and obey, for the snow has a way to be happy in Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm informed there is a young man who had prepared for a memory verse. I don't know whether it's in the state of uh, giving us. Is he ready? If he's not ready, then we can proceed. It's okay, it's okay. We'll give you a chance later. It's okay, it's okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yes. It's always like that. <laughs> I thank God this morning for His faithfulness and His uh, grace that He has enabled us to be at this point, to be witnessing our children, uh, share with us what God has been doing for them in their lives. I want to apologize on behalf of the Friday School I know many of us have never been there before. So sometimes you'll find the noise of excitement coming up. It's just because they are rejoicing and celebrating. Praise the Lord. Don't, don't turn your neck with a, a solemn face. That is the way we rejoice with the Friday school. And that's the way we celebrate before God. So sometimes it is very interesting to handle these young children. This morning... I want us to share on the subject of obedience, on the subject of obedience. Shall we just stand and pray and thank God? It's very interesting. Sometimes when we talk about this common subject, that uh, it's very easy for us to say, ah, that we, we have heard about it. But it's good for us to give it a serious thought as we share. Peter says, for as long as I'm in this temple, I will not cease reminding you of these things. Not that you don't know them, you know them. But for as long as I'm in this temple, this body, I will continue reminding you. Praise the Lord. And so we need to remind ourselves over and over. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this afternoon. Behold, I and the children that you have given unto us. We are grateful that you have blessed us in this way, O oh God. We have come before you to celebrate and to rejoice and to give you honor for the way you have preserved us. And as a church, oh God, we stand before you this afternoon. We want to declare our love and our commitment to you once again this afternoon. Father, we love you. We love you. We want to walk with you in our lives, oh Lord. We desire that your presence be upon our lives. We desire that your spirit move in our lives. We desire this afternoon, God, that you speak to us 
that which you have desired to minister to us this week, God. Father, there are many people in our midst who have been looking forward to this service, God. They have been experiencing terrible times in this week and they have been saying, Lord, that you may speak to me a word of encouragement on this day. Lord, you shall not leave them alone. Nobody has come before you, God, and has left disappointed, but have for all, forever been celebrating because of an encounter with you, O oh Lord. We pray this, more, this afternoon, let men have an encounter with you in regard to your, their faith in you, O oh Lord, and in regard to your blessings over their lives. Father, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May God bless you so much. I want to appreciate the Friday school ministry in this church. God has been blessing us, has been adding numbers to us. Uh, we are now heading to around 34, 35 teachers and still looking forward to having many more come and join us in this ministry. Praise the Lord. I want to thank those who have been preparing the children for the last three weeks for the presentations they have made. Those who prepared them in the choir, may God bless you so, so, so much. I want to thank those who have been preparing uh, the children with the memory verses, that God Almighty may use those verses to minister to the others and the very children that have spoken them. That your seed in the lives of those children will never... Uh, never fail to grow but every word that you have imparted to these children shall blossom and grow to a seed that will be forever lasting we want also to thank the technical team they are not used to handling us as young people in the church but uh, they have put up a very spirited uh, uh, fight until they have met our expectations thank you so much may God bless you Praise the Lord. Is there any other person I've failed to bless? Uh, if I've forgotten about you, God remembers you every other time. Praise the Lord. Don't feel forgotten. God is in charge. God is the one who is rewarding every effort that you are directing to this service. May God bless you so, so, so much. Praise the Lord. And finally, I want to thank the parents. You have been so wonderful. Sending these children to the Friday school faithfully and also preparing them, helping to prepare them in those memory verses back at home. It is not just our work alone. We know the parents have also been supporting us. So I want to thank you so much for what you have done. And I want to pray that you continue encouraging the children to come. Even when they feel low, tell them that is the house of God. They need to be there. May God bless you so much. So I said I want us to share briefly on the subject of obedience. And this is something that touches all of us, from the young to the old. Obedience is part of life and will continue to remain obedient for as long as we are under one form of authority or another. Obedience is a word that is relational. 
it gives us a relationship between the one who is obeying and the one to be obeyed. Therefore, it gives uh, a definition, it defines a, a hierarchy of sorts. So I'm saying that we need to understand that in every area of our lives, we can either be leaders expecting obedience from the subordinates, or we in turn can be uh, the led, and we are expected to show obedience to the authority that is there. Now, when I'm speaking like this, probably people are looking around and wondering, uh, is he going to talk about my father and me? Is he going to talk about church and me? All those things. Uh, I remember in primary we used to have questions and they give us multiple choice and they say, is it A, is it B, is it C? And D would sometimes say all of the above. So I'm saying all of the above are applicable in this in terms of obedience. Praise the Lord. Irrespective of where we are in our station in life, God demands that there be a degree of obedience on our part. So whether you are a leader, there is a degree of obedience that is expected from you because there is somebody always above you. And if you don't see anybody above you, remember there is God above you. So there will be obedience demanded of you. Praise the Lord. I've said every king deserves to be obeyed. Our God is a king. Praise the Lord. For him to remain a king to you and to me, it beholds or it requires you and me to be obedient to him. To the extent that we disobey him, we don't, we will have failed to recognize him as king of our lives. And so anybody who recognizes God as a king must always expect to demonstrate obedience to God. We'll be looking at how we need to uh, demonstrate our obedience to God. We'll also look at how we can apply obedience in various aspects of life. We'll also look at the benefits of obedience in our lives, especially as children of God. Because there is nothing that you saw in this kingdom that has no rewards. Everything that you do in the kingdom of God has got a reward. So when you are obedient to God, it is a seed that you are planting and God will always reward. Praise the Lord. So obedience usually leads to a closer relationship. Obedience always leads to a closer relationship between the person who is being led and the person who is leading. That is why I said obedience is relational. It is something that you need to exercise both as a child and as an adult. For you as a child, you need to obey your father because that now defines your recognition of your father as a, a, an authority figure in your life. All of us have got fathers. Whether they are too old or too young, they are still our father. They are still our parents. And so we need to demonstrate that obedience to them. And if we don't have them, our Father in heaven is still our Father. And so it requires you and I to demonstrate that obedience to Him. I want us to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 21.
Matthew 21, verse 28. First, maybe we can start from 23 so that we get to understand why Jesus came to this to utter this statement. Verse 23, when Jesus returned to the temple and began to teach, the leading priests and elders came up to him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right? In essence, what they were saying, who gave you the right to be leader over us? Who made you to demand authority over us? from us, I mean to demand obedience from us. That's basically the question they were asking. But being wise, let's see how Jesus approached the whole question and said, I tell you, I will tell you by what authority I do these things. If you answer one question, Jesus replied, did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely human? They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask us by what, but he will ask us why we didn't believe John. But if we say it was merely human, we will be mobbed because the people believed John was a prophet. So they finally replied, we don't know. They pretended not to know because they did not want to commit themselves. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. And immediately, he spoke this parable to them. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went away. How many are sons here? Alright, that's very good. So this one son here, the father tells him, go and do this. And then quickly says, no, I'm tired. No, I want to watch TV. No, I'm busy. I've got work from... From my workstation, I want to continue doing it. But the Bible says, this guy again thought about it. And it hit him so hard. How can I disobey my father? How can I tell my father no? This is being disrespectful. So he thought to himself, the only way I can show I am sorry is to go and engage myself in what I was asked to do. Praise the Lord. Now I know somebody is thinking of a time you refused when your father told you to go and do something. I know probably we are thinking of the time our bosses told us to do something and we said no. But let's look at this, read further and see what happened. Then the father told the other son, You go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he did not go. This week, I was seeking guidance from one man of God 
on an issue. And when I called him, I was driving. And I asked, what do I do about this? Do I do this or this? And then he told me, Brother Kenneth, in the house of God we don't have politics. Praise the Lord. I got the message. I started laughing very loudly in the car. There are things that God tells us to do. There's no debate about them. When God has asked you to do something, you don't go gauging how, whether or no. You just go about it. So when the man of God was telling me, there's no politics here. Do this. Go ahead and do this. I laughed. I laughed. I, 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 we switched off the phone when I was still laughing because I saw actually I was about to do the. I was going the wrong path. Praise the Lord. The second son was a politician. Politicians like giving impressions. We tell our fathers, yes, I'm going to do. Because you want them off our back. You want them away. You want to please them. The moment you are saying it, you want them out of your way. Yes, I'm going to do. Sir, everything is done. Count it down. Count on me. Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> Count on me. So the father goes feeling confident that everything is done. But the bottom line is that the, you don't do it. You now prepare excuses as to why you did not do. But remember, it is very easy for us to condemn the other son who said no. But quietly he went and reflected over it. And the Spirit of God was making him agonize. How on earth can I say no to a higher calling like this? How can I dare be disobedient to what God commands me to do? So later he decided, no, it is not right. He went and did it. So Jesus comes and asks these people, which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first one. Although he had said no, although he felt it was not appropriate for him to do it at that time, he decided it is not right for me to disobey. No matter what I plan to do at this time, my duty is to go and perform what I've been asked to do. Praise the Lord. And so I'm talking about this because I'm trying to bring a point out here. Obedience is not about what we say. Obedience is not about what we want people to believe about us. Obedience is not the impressions that we want to create to people. Lots of people in the church today, they speak so well. They present themselves in a manner to show that they are ready to do everything. But when it comes to the actual work, they are slack. They are slow. They are questioning why, why, why. Why me? Why not the other? Is it really God who is telling me to say this, to do this? They are not ready to do it. The bottom line of obedience is in the actions. Praise the Lord. The first boy said no. But his actions showed that he was saying yes. The other one said verbally yes, but his actions negated the yes that he had said. And that happens so often in the body of Christ where people are out to show impressions, to give false impressions. 
We want to show that we are in the, we are committed to the things of God. But our actions are always negating what we want people to believe of us. My prayer this morning, we shall be as humble as that young man and say, yes, although I didn't want to do this, but I will demonstrate to my Father in heaven, I am ready for what he has called me to do. Praise the Lord. Additional things to say about obedience, I've said obedience is in the actions. It's not in the words that we speak. It's not in the promises that we give. It's not in the impressions that we, we present to the church or to people around us. It is given in the actions that we engage ourselves in. In John 14, 15, verse 15, The Bible says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And 16 adds. Now, I like this. I don't know what, what the English people call it. The first statement says, if you love me, obey my commands. And then there's a full stop. I told you sometime back, the basic English that I learned. When I was doing reading in the class, they told me, when you read and you see this dot, you stop. Therefore, it is called full stop. You breathe and think about what you are going to do to say again. So verse 16 says, And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Praise the Lord. Another thing we learn about obedience is that it releases the love of God into your life. And as I said, if you obey your father, always he's sending you somewhere and you are ready to go. He asks you to complete a task and you are ready to complete it. What, does, what happens? Whenever he sees something out there he buys, the first person he wants to give is the child who obeys. He wants that relationship to grow. He wants that, that bond to grow stronger. Same to God. When you begin to obey the commands of God, it spurs him into a situation where he cannot deny you the best that he can ever give. And he's saying, the moment you obey, he sends you an advocate. In this life, we have got so many accusers. We have been, we face with so many cases that we, we cannot handle on our own. We need somebody always to handle those issues in life. But the advocate that the Lord is giving us is the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Who discerns the intents and the thoughts before they are manifested in actions. So he can handle the case ahead of time before it manifests itself in the physical. Praise the Lord. That's one thing about obedience. God shows His love to us. And also, we cannot claim to love God. And on the other hand, we are disobedient. You cannot claim to love your parents 
When on the other side, you are disobedient to whatever the, uh, their instructions. If your parents call you to do something, or they assign you a task, it is incumbent, it is important for you as a child, first of all, to carry it out. Then you can come back to God and ask, uh, to your father and ask, but daddy, why did you tell me to do this? Then it will be clear to you why he told you to do it. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you a story. How many want to hear my story, young children? That's good. Parents, you want to hear my story? Yeah. After my high school, we were supposed to go through a program, which they call the National Youth. It was kept off. All of us were excited because it was some military kind of training. The basic marching and all those things. So we were excited. We reached the gate. And there was a man who was not so much built. He was just moderately built. And then he came and stood at the gate and said, Recruits! We were wondering who are the recruits. We are students. We have just come here. And he shouted again. But the confidence that he had, it made us to think twice again. What gives this man this confidence? We were about four people on that day. We arrived at about four people at the same time. Then he said, before you get into this camp, you must line up. We said, what does that have to do with walking? So we lined up. Put all your bags on the left. My friend, we can carry the bags even using our right hand. Do we have to put it in the left? The man was not quick to ask. He waited until we did that. Then he said, you start walking, and don't just walk, you must swing your hand. We had never done that before. This is the first day, this is the welcoming, uh, the, the welcoming officer, and is giving that kind of treat. So we started with our bags, left, right, left, shout, shout. This is all manner of harassment as we got into the camp. Somebody is coming from the other direction. He shouts, recruits, you don't know how to walk. Another. So you, you are hearing all these messages. But the bottom line was, the more we tried to resist, the more punishment we got. The moment they told you to do something, we said, ah, that, this, that one we cannot do, we cannot do. What, we wanted logic out of everything. They told us, okay, if you want logic, you will learn it the hard way. The first assignment that evening, we found very good flowers planted around the, the barrack that we are going to stay in. Very neatly done. This man told us to line up along the, the flowers. He told us, did you plant these flowers? We said, no. Are they good? We said, yes. Now, uproot all of them. We want you to plant your own. We thought he was joking. We looked at each other. We started laughing. And do you know what he told us? <laughs> do you know? <laughs> I don't want to say it before children. He said he had seen better deeds than the ones he was seeing in our mouth. <laughs> Brethren, we, we hesitated, but the way those people zoomed onto us, a whole squad, 
we were so scared, we started uprooting everything very quickly. That's how we have done it. He said, okay, go and look for your own flowers in the bush and come and plant. Can we plant this one? No, this one's throwing the bin. Teaching us the hard way to obey. Because in their mind they thought we cannot obey. And indeed, we were finding it difficult to listen to their orders. I am saying this. When it comes to obedience in the house of God, it will do you a lot of good just to flow with Him. Praise the Lord. It will do you a lot of good to hear what God tells you to do and just move with Him. At the end of the time, there will be less stress. He will take care of every other aspect in, our, in your life. Praise the Lord. The, the long story is that at the end of three months, we had also our beautiful flowers waiting for another group to come and uproot. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Obedience to God is an indication of your trust in Him. Obedience to God is an indication of trust in Him. If you don't trust somebody and he gives you instructions, you don't obey because you are questioning those instructions. If you truly love your, your father, your mother, if you trust them as young children, you need to come to a point where they give you instructions and you do them without questioning. You, it's only permitted to come and ask, seek cl clarification after you have done what they have told you. They have been in this life longer than you, one. They have been through the stage you, have been through, you are going through. That's number two. And probably they experience worse things than you are experiencing. They may have suffered more than you are suffering. That's why they don't want you to suffer the same way. So it is important for you to be obedient. Praise the Lord. I want us also to look quickly at First John and see a few things about obedience before we move to the benefits or the areas where we need to apply obedience in our lives as children of God. First John chapter 2. Says, my children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus, the one who is truly righteous. Verse 3. Sorry, verse 2. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands. Verse 3 is critical. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands. Many people desire to know God, and they pray that, Lord, that I may know you, I may know your leading. 
but obedience is cast in their lives. God gives them a simple instruction, can you do this? But it takes them a whole year for them to obey. And they turn around and they say, Lord, I want to know you. You may pray for quite a while before God begins to reveal himself to you. Why? Because of a simple thing, obedience. God says, you want to know me? And you say yes. Then he gives the instruction, can you do this? The moment you do it, he reveals a bit of himself. Praise the Lord. That's why the children of Israel, those names you hear, Jehovah Adonai, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Elohim, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Shalom, all those names did not just come. God was not just coming to tell them this. It was through an experience that God was revealing himself to them piecemeal. When they obeyed God for one thing, God revealed himself in that aspect. They wanted God to be to provide something to them, and God wanted to teach them that I can provide for all your needs. He sought obedience from them. And when they obeyed, God acted. Kenneth, where are you getting this? A very familiar case. A very familiar case. How many know Abraham? Oh, the children you don't know about Abraham. Father Abraham. Not Pastor Abraham. <laughs> I'm seeing some of you look behind to see where he's seated. <laughs> I'm saying the, the Abraham whom they draw with a very long beard, white beard. Okay, we thank God for that. Praise the Lord. That man, he discovered God as one who can provide because of the actions he took. I said obedience is through actions. When he was told to go and sacrifice his son, he did not hesitate. He took action. Praise the Lord. And God decided, uh, uh, this man, I have truly now discovered he, he really loves me. Why does he love me? Because he has demonstrated through obedience that he is ready to sacrifice even his son. And God did not disappoint. Why did God provide a ram for sacrifice? Do no harm to your son, O Abraham. There is a ram there. And behold, he saw a ram. Praise the Lord. So God can reveal himself to you, can make you know him, to the extent you are obedient to his word. If he asks you as an individual, you know when we, when the excellent men say, let us go and pray, it's very easy for us to say, ah, tomorrow is the, early, will I seek thee? And we are there. But when God tells you, I want you to pray alone, ah, I'm waiting for next month for Ali, will I seek you? That one now you are sailing on the, the group energy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But there are things God is going to ask you as an individual to do. You don't have to seek for clarification. You know God has told me to do this. It is, it is not what I like. But I can assure you God cannot ask you for, to do something that is not going to reward you bountifully. When you become obedient you discover God in a new dimension. Praise the Lord. 
That explains why we have remained where we are for so too long. For too long. We give the testimony we gave three years ago. We are not experiencing fresh manna from God. Because there's no fresh obedience from us. So we can only think about in those good old days when God used to hear me. But God is still hearing people even now. There are no good old days. Every day is good before God. He's ready to listen to you and to bless you in whichever way you want. For as long as you and I determine in our hearts, we want to be obedient to His words. Let's go over this again. And verse 4, he says, If someone claims, I know God, that's knowing God, I know God, but does not obey God, God's command, that person is a liar. How many want to be called liars here? Uh, but you lie every time. You don't like your name. Praise the Lord. We don't like our label. I have got very, very interesting students. You see them do something. For example, two of them are in a room. And you can hear people like, people are fighting. You come in and one is bleeding. You ask, what is happening? The one who is bleeding says, no. We were just joking and I knocked my nose on the wall. And the one who was there, who should be the, the person, the cause of that bleeding of the blood, says, yes, sir. he just knocked himself on the wall. And These are not stories I'm cooking. Those who have been in school, they will confirm these things. Why? Because they know the next action Mr. Kenneth is going to take is to suspend us. So because we don't want our fathers to know that we fought, let us become friends. No, it's my friend. We were just, we were just here. I just knocked my head on this. You can see the, the person still seething with anger. But no, there's nothing wrong, sir. No. Last week, you children, be careful. Last week, twice, a boy came to my office. He says this in the next one minute. Once you discover, you question him on the truth, he tells the story. He says, I did not say that. This is what I am saying. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Men are prone to lying. And some of us lie to escape. But what the Bible is talking about here is about those of us who claim, who claim to know God. But deep within, the spirit of disobedience reigns supreme. We do not want to obey the word of God. When he's telling us, do this, we are buying time. Because that demands us to forsake certain things in our lives. So we decide that we are going to buy time by explaining ourselves out. The Bible brands us as liars. And the same Bible says, liars, where will they be? In the outer darkness. Praise the Lord. I pray that this morning, none of us, especially those that call ourselves born again, and seek to know God, 
will never fail to understand this simple correlation between obedience and knowledge of God. You obey God, He reveals Himself. You obey Him in times of need, and then He, pro- he provides, He reveals Himself as a provider. Has this ever occurred to you that the time you are running into financial difficulties, that's the time you feel a voice telling you, can you give? And you look at your pocket, maybe this is the only 20 reals that are remaining there. And that voice keeps nudging you. Can you give this money to this cause? Can you give this money to this ministry? Can you give this money to the church? Has it ever occurred to you? You, you are rich. Everybody here is very rich, we thank God. There are sometimes you are financially down. And the last money you have, you are like the widow. You are saying, this money I've remained with, I just want to sort out these problems in my house. And that's the time God begins to say, to tap on your door. Can you give this money to this need? Can you give this money to this need? And many of us lose out on that because that's the time God wants to reveal himself as Jehovah Jireh in your life. Jehovah Adonai in your life. More than enough. Who can provide exceedingly, abundantly above. But we lock the door so securely. We say, Lord, this one is the last bit. I am not going on my grave. You'll get it only on my grave. And indeed, you usually get some of it on the graves of people. Because you die in the same state without having had the opportunity to benefit from what God wanted to bless you with. Be obedient to God. Praise the Lord. Let us not be liars in the house of God. Let us learn that God is ready to give us that which he has planned to to do for us. Something else, just before I move to the next verse on that, as we read, it says, But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Something happens when we become obedient to God by way of acting on His words, by way of listening to His voice and respecting the instructions of God. His love is manifested in our lives. Praise the Lord. And it becomes a channel into our lives. And John continues to conclude and say, Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. And I ask, how did Jesus live? I'll give you a simple illustration. The Lord Jesus Christ was very keen to know what God was speaking to him at every given moment. The example is during Lazarus' death, the friend of Jesus Christ. Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. Jesus told the disciples, Lazarus is asleep. He knew he was, was dead. But why didn't he move so fast? 
Because if it was in the modern day, most of us Christians operate like ambulance Christians. You know, when an ambulance is sounded that there's an accident somewhere, all you hear is wing, 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 and it's moving. They talk as they are on the way. Where, where exactly, location, blah, 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 blah. They are moving. That's how Christians operate now. But is that the way Jesus Christ operated? No. There was an emergency at that time. But our Lord decided, unless God says it's time to move to that home, I'm not moving, I'll be about another business He wants me to do at this moment. Are you hearing me? Church, are you listening? He knew it was the will of God to heal Lazarus. He knew it was the will of God for Lazarus to be alive. But because God had not instructed him at that point to move to that home, he took his time. He took his time. Until God permitted it to be so. So one thing I learned from this is that Jesus was always conscious to listen to what God was saying. To walk in the purpose of God and the will of God. He did not just ask because it is right I want to do it. But he listened to God. To know, Father, yes it is your will. But is it the right time for this to happen? That was the degree of obedience that Jesus Christ demonstrated in his life. That is what John is talking about. We are moved from the degree, the obedience of listening and obeying the word, to another level of obedience where now you are concerned with understanding the timings of God in a given situation. Yes, this is right. I think God, God's will according to his word, but is it his timing at this moment for this thing to happen? Abraham suffered from that disease that all of us suffer. Impatience. Impatience is also just a form of disobedience. Praise the Lord. We are so impatient, we want things to be done. Daddy, I want this. If you don't buy me a mobile phone now, I'm not going to school. What has got a mobile phone to do with school? Children, what has got a, a tab to do with school? I know you use them in school to learn, that's good. But don't give your father, can I say, don't dare give your father conditions. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Children, I'm cautioning you now. There are things, we are growing up assuming that there are things that we need to do that is our right. It's not our right. If your father decides to bless you with something, say thank you, daddy. But don't give giving conditions. I will not do this because you have not done this. If you want me to do this, do this for me. Who gave you the right to argue with your father in the house? He feeds you. He clothes you. He buys everything. Praise the Lord. But to us others also we behave the same. Sometimes we give God conditions. We may never utter them, but we give God conditions. God, for me to do this, do this for me first. So you are trying to put God in a, con a situation to prove himself to you. Who are you? 
I've said from the beginning, it is more blessed just to sail with God as He says. If He says, go this side, go. Find yourself in that frequency of God. Then you will understand the joy of floating in the presence of God. Praise the Lord. You will begin to realize where He's taking you. When Paul was saying, this life I now live is not my own. He had reached a point, he had surrendered his life to Christ. So that it was Christ living in him. The challenges he was facing, he was not struggling like Kenneth does every morning. Planning. There are some of us in the midst today, because of disobedience, we sleep every day at 2 o'clock, planning on how, what we are going to do in our life, in our future for our children. Let God take control of everything in our lives. Your degree of trust in God is marked by your obedience. You cannot say you trust God to deal with the issues in your life when you are disobedient. The degree that you don't trust Him tells you, Kenneth, you have not obeyed God. So deal with the question of obedience first. Deal with the question of obedience in your life. And God will begin to reveal himself in a new way. Praise the Lord. Quickly we'll go over areas that we need to show obedience in our lives. We turn to the book of Titus. Titus chapter 2 verse 5 it says this. To live wisely and be pure, to work, let's start from verse 3. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. The older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children. To live wisely and be pure to work in their homes. To do good and to be submissive to their husbands. Uh, NIV says to be obedient to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Sisters, you don't want shame to come to the word of God. will need to be obedient. But I want to add a rider here based on the word of God. The same Bible says, let us submit one to another. Praise the Lord. So it's very easy for husbands to tell their wives, submit. The Bible says submit. It's true. It says wives submit to the husband. But it also says submit one to another. So if your wife also says, also you submit. You say, oh yes, I'll submit. Praise the Lord. Because it is a two-way thing. Praise the Lord. There's no... Again, the wife likes telling the husband, the Bible says, love your wife, you don't love me. But here again, we have read the same Bible, it says, teach the younger women to love their, their husbands. So, these things are two ways, you can never escape. You submit husband-wife. Love husband-wife. The two go together, praise the Lord. Don't just hang on one verse alone and keep pounding people with it every day. The Bible is very balanced. It deals with all aspects. 
So I'm saying in the family, one of the areas of obedience is wife and husband. We need to obey one another. And when we do that, we show the love of Christ. And the Bible says that makes the word of God not to be blasphemed. Praise the Lord. So obedience in the family is a powerful tool of ministry also. Because it teaches the observers from out there. This family, there's something unique about it. Why do we keep fighting in families? Why do we keep arguing in families? Just because one person does not want to be obedient. Either the husband or the wife. It's a simple thing. Number two, Ephesians 6.1. In the family, we are still dealing with the family. The children... One of the children here recited that verse. Ephesians 6.1 Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. And you will have a long life on earth. How many children want things to go well for them? Ah, I can see one of you, it doesn't want... How many want life to be well with them? Children, what has the Bible said? Honor your father and respect them. Be obedient to them and things will be well. And again, it says that you may live long life. You want to live like your father? Obey him. Praise the Lord. My children are always laughing. They look at my head and they say, even your head doesn't have hair. And I say, thank you. I pray that they will also grow up to this level where their children will also laugh. No, I'm not casting. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want them to live a long life and also be happy to sit with their children who touch their head and say there's no hair on this head. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Bible says, honor your father and mother. That means be obedient to your father and mother and you live long life. Thank God. I thank God my father is still alive. He's elderly and he's still alive. So if I continue honoring him, I'm kind of asking God, I want to reach that age. Praise the Lord. I want to reach that age, Daddy, because I've honored your words. You've said, I honor my father, I have honored him. I honor my mother, I have honored her. Praise the Lord. So in the family, children also, there's need for us to obey. In the places we work, Ephesians 6, 5, place of work, Obedience is required. The Bible says, slaves. Now, let us not look at this word very negatively, because it is in the context of the day. Praise the Lord. I can say, employees. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Where slaves is, in your mind, substitute employees. Employees, or slaves, Obey your earthly master with deep respect and fear, 
serve them sincerely as you serve Christ. So you are being told to be obedient to whoever is your boss. Some of them are not very good, I know. Praise the Lord. And sometimes some of you, your prayer items, every night vigil and victory night, Father, this man by next month should not be there. <laughs> yes, turn your prayer and say, promote this man to a higher position far away in the head office. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Pray for them a blessing of promotion away from the station. <laughs> so that you get a new boss who will, who will love you and hear you and also do the will of the Father in your life. Praise the Lord. But the Bible is telling us as, any, as people who are employed that we be obedient in our place of employment. So obedience is not only in the house of God but it's also in our place of work and in the family. Same thing happens in the church. Be obedient to the church authority. I was a young man full of zeal to preach the gospel and to evangelize. And I was in a church of very elderly people. And sometimes as young people we thought the pace was not to our tune. The pace of evangelism was not to our tune. We wanted things to be done. In Kenya we say chak chak. Fast. We wanted things to move fast. So we were eager. Even when the church elders would tell us, young men, sometimes you need to do ABCD. Ah, these people, they don't know. Time is running out. We want to go. And later on, I came to realize that that was disobedience. Praise the Lord. I took time. I knew that pastor and the team were coming to another town close by. I took time to go to that meeting. And I called that pastor aside. I said, Pastor, I am sorry for what happened. I'm sorry that I didn't listen to what you people are telling us. Praise the Lord. There was joy between the two of us. And soon after, I was invited in the same place to go and uh, officiate over some function. And everybody was welcoming. Because I realized I had to mend my ways if I wanted to go any further. Praise the Lord. Church, Authority is very critical in our lives. Let us not walk away against them. Because that thing will linger on in your life. It will never leave you. By that time you realize, probably you will be in Fiji and Kenneth is back in Kenya. How will you fly back to come and tell Kenneth, I'm sorry? Pastor Abraham will be back, Kerala. And you may be in Sweden. And some things you only feel you have been forgiven when you are talking face to face. Praise the Lord. How are you going to fly from Sweden, Norway, 
all the way to Karnataka. You say Karnataka where? In Kerala. I, I don't, don't go there. Pastor doesn't come from there. I'm just trying to guess these names. Praise the Lord. So please, I'm saying to the church, obedience in the church is critical. We'll quickly go to the benefits of obedience. Exodus 19.5. Exodus 19.5. Exodus 19.5, it says, Now if you, ob- you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on the earth. For all the earth belongs to me. I want us to stop there. God is saying, He will make you a treasure in His household. And immediately, He says, All the earth belongs to me. What is the significance of these two statements? That I am going to uphold you because of your obedience. I'm going to lift you up. And because I own everything on earth, I'll make provisions in your life. You didn't hear that. Because you've been obedient, two things are going to happen. First, I'll treasure you in my house. Two, I own everything here. You will not be the prodigal son. You will be the son that remains there. And above, uh, above that, you will know your rights in that home. You will access the secrets of God and the benefits of being obedient to Him. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 1.19 Isaiah 1.19 says If you will only obey me you will have plenty to eat You will have plenty to eat. Some of these things, we, the Bible is talking about eating. It's not just uh, McDonald's only. There are things that serve our own interests in our families and every the society. You will have plenty. Not just something, but plenty. You will put a full stop to yourself. Praise the Lord. You will eat the delicacies of the land. The best. You know, if you have plenty, if you go to somebody in South Sudan now, if you go to somebody in South Sudan now, with, you just boil rice, plain rice, you just boil plain rice and put it there, that person will thank you so much because you made a day for them. But if you came to Muscat with the plain rice, people will look, ah, what is this? Because they have plenty. So they have the choice to make what, what they want. They don't just celebrate over anything. They say, ah, no. Can you put curry? Can you put this? Can you put this? Mix this and this. Until you can't distinguish which, which you know in Africa we have a main meal and the escorts. Praise the Lord. 
those of you who are planning to come to Africa, we don't have seven courses. We just have the main meal, and the other things just escort that main meal. So in Kenya, if we tell you we are going for supper, we are going for ugali. You may have fish, you may have meat, chicken, and everything, but the main thing is ugali. Praise the Lord. So what God is saying in plenty, it means he will have all these things around you. Brother, because of obedience, it will be your choice to make. Today I don't want to eat with samaki boil. The boiled fish. I want fried fish. It is you to choose the best. Praise the Lord. That's the secret of obedience. Deuteronomy 28, we are familiar with it. Let's, let's go there and see some things that... Deuteronomy 28. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all His commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Now, they have not listed the blessings. They have said all these blessings. Now, I'll give you just three. You go and read the others for yourself. Praise the Lord. Resulting from one thing, obedience. And I have said obedience is not the word of mouth. Obedience is the actions. It's displayed in the actions that you carry out. When you are told to do something by God, you go ahead and do it. No matter the cost, thanks obedience. Verse 3, your towns, your fields will be blessed. Your children, your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit, baskets, and bread boats will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. What else do you need, brethren? What kind of check do you need in life? Somebody says a blank check. And this is what God is giving you in the autonomy. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. So it doesn't matter where you are. God is saying, because you have obeyed me, I have made you a treasured vessel in the house of God. I have provided for plenty in your life. And also I'm committed to blessing you wherever you go. And whatever you do, whatever you decide to do, I have blessed. Just coming from a simple act of obedience. Praise the Lord. That is blessing the work of our hands is given in that verse. Jeremiah 7.23. We'll read this until it sinks into us. Jeremiah 7:23 This is what I told them Obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people Do everything as I say and I w- and all all will be well All will be well The root of all this being well is our obedience Luke 6, 46, 49. He will help us weather our storms. You want God to weather the storm that you are experiencing in life now? Obey Him. Obey Him. 
Luke 6. Let's just quickly read that. See. 6.46.49 So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it is like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. Listens and then follows it. That's obeying. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the flood Flood waters rise and break against the house. It stands firm because it was well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without foundation. When the flood sweeps down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. All the storms of life that we are experiencing can come to a stop if we are obedient. Praise the Lord. What am I saying? That there will be no storms? No. There will be storms. Praise the Lord. Get me clear. There will be storms. But what matters is your degree of obedience to God. For you to withstand the storms of life, how obedient have you been working with God? That only will secure you in times of trials. Only the degree of your obedience will determine whether you survive the storm or not. Because if you have been obedient to God, you are like somebody who was digging deep, deep, deep to get to the foundation. Now you are in Oman, you understand what it means to dig deep. These people waste a lot of money carrying sand past. That money they used to carry that sand from that hole before they start building, is enough to build me a very beautiful home at home. But they must sacrifice that money Carry the sand away until they reach the rock to build. Praise the Lord. They must scoop all that sand away until they reach the rock, the hard surface, and then they start building. In time of storm, the house will stand. But if they are rushed in building on, on shaky ground, build on disobedience to the word of God, growing on disobedience to the word of God, at the time of the storm, that house is shaking. It will not stand. That is why some things happen in the lives of some Christians. And you wonder, this man, how can he stand all this? You know, the wife of Job was on the, the shaky ground. Job had built his faith to the solid ground. When the storms came, the wife said, just cast God and die. Because her ground was shaky. But Job had learned the secret of obedience deep and had reached the ground. So he was able to stand the storm, to weather through the storm. Who was celebrating at the end of the day? Who celebrated most in Job's life? Uh, you mean if the wife gets more sons, and additional sons, and more wealth in the home, she will remember what she told Job before. Do you think she will remember? She will, ah, my husband, this our God is very good. Let us pray. Let us give thanks. But she's the one who was saying, curse him. So please, I'm not just saying the wife, even us in the homes, we can have one of us shaky on the ground. And the time of the storm, that's when you begin to understand who, where somebody is. 
Let us be obedient to the word of God. Praise the Lord. Quickly through the examples, Abraham was a father of nations through obedience. Noah alone and his household was saved through obedience. David stood against Goliath because he had obeyed. And so we all need to obey. Obedience has got cost, and you and I must be ready to meet the cost. Disobedience has cost, and obedience has cost. Praise the Lord. Because we are talking about obedience, I will not talk about the cost of disobedience. Eh? The Ananias type, and that. We don't want to talk about that. We have studied that. The cost of obedience. Luke 9, 61, that's the last verse we are looking at, and then we close. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. There must be a a cost to everything that we do in obedience. And I want to say this, there was a young ruler in the parables who came to Jesus and said, Lord, Don't waste my time. All the commandments I've obeyed. I have done everything. And he said, you have done well. One last thing I say. Go and sell all that you have. Give to the poor. The man went away sad. Because he did not know the benefit of obeying God. If he only acted on that. The Bible says there's not one who has lost things in this present world who will not be rewarded manyfold in the world now and in the world to come. Praise the Lord. Anything you give for God, you sacrifice in obedience for God now, time, resources, will be rewarded bountifully in the days to come. May God bless you so much. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Children, praise the Lord. That's a song that we used to sing. I want us to sing that song to remember this message. Let's be on our feet. Joshua 1 8 says, God gave us instruction to meditate on the word continuously. And also, First Thessalonians 5.17 says, We should pray without ceasing. And what the song, children, you are going to help me. I don't know if you actually know it. Read your Bible. Okay, good. Pray every day. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day. If you want to grow, if you want to grow, if you want to grow, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day. If you want 
In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Let's share the grace together in fellowship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Our bountiful address is sure as we commit to tirelessly labor for soul. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name.